Hello and welcome to the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, everyone, let's get into the episode. Uh, first, a little check-in. So I just got done with a run, and it's Sunday, so I was glad I got a run in because I woke up this morning a bit hungover. Um, I went out Friday and Saturday, which is just a lot for me. Uh, typically, I like to socialize one once a weekend. Back-to-back is <laughs> it's rare for me. I know that sounds maybe odd to some people, but <clears throat> I'm a bit of an introvert, and so when I'm out both days in a row, it just, it takes a lot out of me. So I'm hoping to just not even leave the house today. Uh, And, you know, I typically do, I mean, I got a lot done yesterday before I went out. I ended up going to a Chelsea Handler show and it was awesome. She's, I love Chelsea Handler. She's hilarious. Uh, I didn't drink too much. I had just a couple drinks last night, uh, many drinks the night before. So I was already hung over from Friday. So I'm not that hung over. I don't think I think I'm just tired and just kind of out of it. But uh, I woke up, I woke up probably like around seven, which is good because my body's been getting up at like five or six lately. And I just can't even get back to sleep, which I need at least, I don't know, six to eight hours. I prefer eight hours. If I at least get seven, I feel very rested. Six, I can feel somewhat rested. But if I get less than that, I'm a disaster. But anyway, I woke up kind of craving bad food. Like I just, and Sunday is the day that I let myself splurge anyway. But I wanted to get a lot done. I had some work to do this morning. I wanted to uh, I wanted to get this podcast done, for example. I wanted to uh, get a run in. And if I and I had these apple turnovers left over and I was very tempted to eat one. But I I'm like, no, I'm, I won't get all this other stuff done if I just start eating crap because then I get lethargic and I just get less motivated. So So I ended up having some coffee, which actually decreases my hunger. So because I I use a lot of I smoke a lot of pot at night. I consume a lot of cannabis at night to fall asleep. So sometimes I do wake up with the munchies. But then if I have a cup of coffee, it just takes that hunger away. Um, Not that I'm trying to starve myself. I just like to kind of I have my routine where I have my coffee first. Sometimes I'll get my workout in after get a lot of work done. And it's just a, a, a nice way to start the day. Uh, so anyway, so my Apple turnovers are waiting for me after this podcast. Uh, but today I wanted to do another review of Diet Starts Tomorrow, the Betches podcast. Uh, and today the to- the title of it was Intuitive Eating and Weight Fluctuations. And it was just Sammy on today. She was solo hosting, which was a little weird for her. She, as she said, she usually has someone to bounce off her. But uh, but she did a great job. And so so she basically just took listener questions and was responding to them. So I'm going to cut off the first few because it didn't really have to do with diet and weight loss. But uh, I'll start with the one where she was asked, I think this is a great question. You know, what do you do to not compare yourself to other people? And Sammy, she's like, everybody does it. It's a normal thing to do. Uh, She's thought that there's potentially some good social value to comparing um, as long as it's not negative and consistent and just constantly putting you into a negative headspace. And 
you know, I, I think that I, I agree. I, I think with social media, um, I think it's very easy for people to compare themselves to this perfectly, uh, you know, so many people curate their Instagrams and only post the highlights. And I, I do admire people that post like their vulnerabilities and their struggles. I just, I'm not that person. I'm, I'm actually very like Taylor Strucker. She, she is like paranoid about posting anything less than perfect. She, she's gotten out of some of that. And honestly, I, I should do the same. I mean, I love it when she posts her, you know, her crazy videos where she's not looking perfect, but you know, people do like to see that stuff. It's just, I don't know. I have a social media, um, fear a little bit. But, uh, but, you know, I, I'm just as guilty as anyone is going on there. And like, I was just looking at I was like voyeuring into like friends of a friend and I came across this girl where, and she has this very glamorous lifestyle. She's, she's in, in fashion and her body is literally, I mean, it, it took, <laughs> took everything in my power not to like message her and be like, so do you try to be that thin? Cause she was, she looked unnaturally thin. She looked like she might have an eating disorder, but I also know that there are some women that have body types like that, that are, and she, it wasn't, she wasn't one of those skinny people that was trying to hide her body that thinks she's too skinny, obviously, cause she was, you know, she was prancing around in very little clothing in all of her, her pictures. So she must know she, has a beautiful body, but almost one that looks a little bit worrisome. Uh, but anyway, again, here I am being judgmental, but, uh, but I, I do think, you know, I, I've, some of the things that go through my head when I'm looking at other people perfectly coiffed on their Instagrams is thinking that, that it's effortless for them. And for me to look, to look polished and put together, it takes a lot of work. It's, and so, and I know that that's not true. I know that other people that look a certain way on their Instagram, they put a lot of time and a lot of effort into perfecting those p- pictures and face tuning, tuning. And I mean, I, I'm just not someone who likes to take pictures. I'm not someone who's ever been photogenic. And I just, you know, it, it's just such a waste. I'm so busy in, in, doing so many other things that taking perfect pictures and posting them on Instagram is just not my priority. Um, but I I do think when I get into a negative headspace and comparing myself, Sammy talked about how she'll she'll think about things that make that are special and unique to herself. She'll count her blessing. She'll count what she's grateful for. And I actually do the same thing. First of all, if I'm ever tearing myself down mentally and being like, oh, she's so perfect. I'm like, Veronica, you are so blessed with so many things in your life and just focus on those things because you have so much to be grateful for. And how dare you? How dare you defy all of the the blessings you have to, to, to think negatively about anything about yourself? So I also do that. Um, you know, she talked about how that have you guys ever heard that that quote i'm sure it's it's pretty famous but it's like a flower doesn't compare itself to to another flower it just blooms and i i love that quote and and i actually think of that quote every time i like if i'm out and there's like a bunch of gorgeous model types around and i'll just be like i'm just going to bloom on my own because i really do believe that 
you know, what, like what Jared Freed says, like you are someone's foot, like you, you are unique in your own way. And what makes you special, no one else has. And so it it's such a waste of energy to compare yourself because what makes you special in and of yourself, no one else can have those qualities. So I do think that that's a great, healthy way of getting yourself back into focus about being grateful, about not comparing yourself in a negative way. Um, so, so I thought that Sammy was, was really on point with that. She's the next question was, how do you deal with anxiety? Um, and she, she talks to a therapist. Um, she's been going to them for over four years. She said she does take medication, um, walking. She said, get changing her environment, uh, and I, I don't use medication. I do use cannabis as, as a, an anti-anxiety medication. I used to take trazodone at night because I could not shut my brain off. And now I just prefer something more natural like cannabis. But, um, but I relate to that. I never understood that my, my rumination at night or couldn't stop thinking and thinking and thinking was just, I, just my brain, but it's, it, it really is an anxious quality. Um, but, but walking too, she mentioned that, you know, going for a walk. And I also find that if I work out, my anxiety goes away. So if I'm, and I have those days where I just, I am, I can't stop being anxious and, and I do, I'll go for a run. I'll do some push ups. It really does. It really does help. Uh, let's see another, you know, body weight loss question that was asked she said, has intuitive eating made a difference in your relationship with Avi, her husband? And she said that she absolutely, she said that she's less anxious. She's less insecure about her body, about what she eats. She knows that she trusts that he's not going to judge her. You know, she's seen how he's dealt with, with how her body has changed since she's been focusing on intuitive eating. And, and it's, it's comforted her because he's been a great partner for her, which is amazing. Um, and she finds that traveling with him has gotten so much better because apparently she used to get very anxious about calories and how much she was going to eat and, and, you know, you know, is she going to eat later? And, you know, I, and it's, it's, that's interesting. I, I'm so happy for her that she's gotten out of that headspace where she was feeling that anxiety I definitely get food anxiety too when I'm traveling because I feel like I'm going to run out of food. And, so, but what helps me is, and actually that's one of the things I want to have a, a therapist on for is like, where does this food anxiety come from where you think you're going to starve to death? Cause that's never been the case in my life. I've always had plenty of food around me, but, but I do, I, I get panicky if I don't have something to eat. And, and, and also at night, like if I, if I'm staying in a hotel room, like I have to bring leftovers home, even if I'm so sick full at the restaurant, like I've had people look at me weird, like you're going to bring that home. <laughs> it's just like the smallest thing. And I'm like, yes, like I might get hungry at midnight because I do, I, I'll like, I'll smoke to get the, to fall asleep, but I might need just a bite or two of something. So I'll either get some snacks for the room or something. And that does make me feel a little bit less anxious. Like we're, my boyfriend and I are talking about traveling to Europe and I, and my mind immediately went to 
how are we going to have enough food around? And it's it's ridiculous. There's plenty of food, Veronica. It's going to be fine. So it's interesting because I I get anxious about not having enough versus am I going to eat too much? So it it is a different type of disordered thinking, um, but but all related to food anxiety. So, but I'm really happy that she's gotten out of that. For me, I just make sure I have snacks with me. Uh, and then another question was, how does she deal with a bad body image day? You know, or does she talk to at, does she talk to her husband about it when she's having that bad image day? And she said that she doesn't always, um, she's like, if it's a work week and I'm just not feeling great about myself, she's like, I'm not going to interrupt his work. But if she's on a trip with him, like if she's traveling, you know, she'll ask instead of she's changed from saying like, do I look fat in this to, I don't really feel great about the way I look. And he's just, he, he's very validating. He'll calm her anxiety. He'll tell her it's okay. Um, it's so nice to have a partner that helps you through those times instead of making your anxiety worse. Like I used to have a, a very controlling partner. I think I mentioned it in a, in another podcast that I did, but, um, you know, I, I also tested him. Like I wanted to see, he was so, he's such a perfectionist and judgmental. I was worried that if I gained weight, he would break up with me. And he actually did handle that well, but he, he didn't handle my anxiety well. And I would get a lot of social anxiety and a lot of, um, and he just, he, he wasn't able to really help me through that. So I think it's nice that, that you have a partner that, or Sammy has a partner that, you know, really supports her emotions. All right. The next question for her was how to intuitively eat when the doctor puts you on a restrictive diet. And I think that was really smart for her just to kind of say, you know, go talk to a professional about that because there were a lot of unanswered questions like, you know, why would a doctor put you on a restrictive diet? You know, are there other health concerns? Is there diabetes? Is there a potential for a heart attack? Is there, you know, what what else is going on here? Um, so she didn't want to give, you know, she didn't want to misadvise or misinform. Uh, and I think that that's a good idea. I, I think that I'd actually be curious to talk to an intuitive dietitian and to see, because a lot of people talk about how dietitians gave them disordered eating tips. So I'd be curious to hear from an intuitive dietitian. Uh, and I think they do have one on that they, you have to be a subscriber to their like higher level podcast, which you pay for. So I think I'm going to sign up for that soon. And then, so this is an interesting topic. So one of the listeners asked about uh, how do you reconcile Botox with body acceptance? So basically, you know, with this whole body positivity movement, you know, does that take away, can you, can you not try to improve your looks at all? Can you not care? You know, do you just have to accept every natural thing about yourself and not try to improve? And I don't believe in that. I think, I mean, I, I do believe in accepting yourself because you just, you're never going to be able to, to change every single thing about you that you want to change. But I think preventative measures so that you I think one of the best things about Botox is that you can you can stay looking like yourself instead of looking like a completely different person as you age cuz you know aging can do that aging can completely change your look but if you if you you know are wanting to age gracefully I think Botox is a great thing and 
And Sammy also does it. She loves her Botox. She thinks it's fine. You know, she kind of talked about that juxtaposition with body acceptance versus trying to look perfect. And, you know, there's tied into this is aging. So I'm, you might hear a lot about aging on this podcast too, because I am someone who some of the ways I eat nutritionally are also for anti-aging. And I think, you know, I think that like I do the Botox, I do some fillers. I'm very modest with fillers, A, because I can't afford as many as I'd like. Um, you know, I I am someone who wants to be the best version of myself. Uh, I am someone who believes that if you are really bothered by something about yourself, you should change it if, if you can. It, you know, if you can and you want to, why not? You know, this... I was listening to Chelsea Handler's podcast the other day, and she had this woman, Jamila Jamil, on there. And I don't know, Jamila Jamil is kind of annoying me on this podcast, but I know she's very popular, and I know she has this like body positivity movement herself that she is very famous for. And I support all that. But like this woman wrote in about her neck and she said, you know, how do I accept my neck? I, I'm I'm fit. I'm I think she was like close to 50. And she's a yoga instructor and she's, you know, so it sounds like she's a woman that is in great shape, probably has great nutrition and cares about health, cares about wellness, but she has a part of her body, her neck, which she is is starting to really bother her. And it sounds like she probably looks at that area on her body quite a bit. And that I relate to that because that's an area that's starting to change in a negative way for me. And I've done some Botox in my neck. I have my, I'm very close to my mother in genetics. And I, you know, there's certain parts of my body that I'm like, okay, there's, there's things that I want to preventatively try to do. Um, and so I am going to start to get some filler there starting in December. There's this product called Sculptra. I have very, very deep lines in my neck. And I just, you know, eventually I'll probably have a neck lift and I don't, that's okay. I'm, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, I think that like Tamara Judge on OC Housewives looked phenomenal when she got that lower facelift and neck lift. I, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I'm going to do that someday. So I don't know. To each his own. I, I think it's a beautiful thing when you can accept your body changes and not want to do anything about it. I look at couples a lot with that. Like, um, like does it, do you guys know, have you heard of Marcus Limonis, the prophet? He's this billionaire, genius, amazing human being. I mean, he just does so many good things for people. I love that show. I love business. And he's he's married to a woman 20 years older than than him who looks her age. You know, she's she's not someone that does a lot of work on herself. And I just I constantly look at their relationship because I love I mean, Marcus could be one of those douchey guys that marries the 30-year-old or marries the 20-year-old or whatever. Like he he could be, but he's not. He cares about her soul and who she is as a person and he's attracted to her in for many things. Look at Keanu Reeves' girlfriend. You know, she's let her hair go white, grayish white, whatever. And she's an artist and, you know, she is – I just I look at them because same thing. Keanu Reeves could be with anybody he wanted and he's chosen a beautiful woman that is that is choosing not to change 
herself as she ages. Now, I don't know if that's true. She might do some Botox. She might do some things, but have maybe she wants to let her hair go that color. Maybe she actually dyed it that color. I don't know. But she, she it looks like it's her natural gray hair color. Now, I started going gray when I, I mean, in my 20s. I mean, I just genetically have to, I have tons and tons of white hair and it's very resistant gray. It's but I will probably always dye my hair. I'm, I'm not someone who's going to not dye my hair. And and look, I, be, I do believe uh, age is a number. No. So there's a difference between getting older and the way that you age, right? So there you can age like because I – so I'm in my 40s now, but I'm feeling at my best. I really am. I – you know, so, but, you know, as you're in your 20s, you're kind of like, oh, what's this age thing? Why are people so caught up in age? And what they don't tell you is it's, for me, at least, it wasn't, it wasn't the age, like it wasn't the number. It was the changes I would see in my skin. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why there, I think that's why really there's a stigma with aging is because people start to not look like themselves anymore. But with modern technology, with Botox, with with the way you can use nutrition to improve your skin, to improve your health, you don't have to age that fast. Look at JLo. I mean, well, JLo says she doesn't do any Botox and fillers. I think that's bullshit. But I think what she does is very modest. And I think that I think because she doesn't drink and I do believe that she uses nutrition to help her age gracefully. I do the same. So I've been doing this, this, I don't know, I might have mentioned it before. So I, I for, forgive me if I already talked about this, but I have that antioxidant shake that I take, that I drink every morning, most mornings, because of the way that I think it can help me improve my skin. Um, it's very nutritious, but it's also, I think, anti-aging. So anyway, I believe in the body acceptance movement, but I also, um, I believe in doing what makes you feel good about yourself. So balance. And then let's see, somebody asked how to not feel uncomfortable when all friend all their friends are skinnier. And Sammy really related to this. She's typically the the person in her girl group where she's the heavier one and the other girls are thinner. <clears throat> and she what she says is she just powers through it. She powers through the discomfort. She powers through, you know, she just gets over not wanting to, you know, not being able to borrow clothes. Um, you know, she again she focuses on her good qualities. And I think that that's a really great thing to do. I do the same thing, you know. When I start to think about, oh, she looks so much prettier, like I feel so intimidated. I'm like, wait, 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 Veronica, you're not here to be the prettiest. Like you weren't put on this earth to be a supermodel, right? You're here to enjoy this time with your friends, to, um, you know, to connect, to have meaningful relationships, to blow off some steam. And you're not here to to impress anybody. And so, you know, that's how I get out of my own head when I start to compare myself to other people and with looks or with weight or with fitness or with, you know, any anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, same thing like we talked about before. Um, the next question was how to feel uncomfortable when people notice your weight gain. And 
you know, she, first of all, anybody that notices a weight gain, I mean, how does that even come across? Anybody that would point that out, first of all, is a very rude person. Um, if they're saying it in a negative way, they could be say. I suppose a positive way to say that is you look so healthy, you look great, you're glowing. Because, you know, some people lose too much weight and they don't look great. Some people, you know, when they have more weight on them, they just look healthier. Um, you know, I think a little bit of fat on your body is a good thing. Uh, you know, most men love curves. Most men love or, or other partners, you know, whether it's, you know, female partner, male partner, trans partner, whatever, you know, usually they, well, a lot of people like something to grab onto. They like curves. Um, so now if somebody said something negative, I mean, you know, my grandfather, one of the first, the, the first person to ever comment on a weight gain for me was before field hockey season when my grandfather, God rest his soul, uh, was like, oh, you better lose some weight for field hockey season. And it was the first time I'd ever thought about my weight. I was like, what do you mean? And my sister immediately jumped to my to my defense and she's like, she doesn't have to lose weight. But, you know, it. but that ended up starting my journey on thinking about my weight. And I didn't think I was that hurt by it. But the following year, I had I'd shed like 25 pounds. And I was even after field hockey practice, I'd go for another run. So I definitely think that it it did sink into my psyche because I remember my grandfather commenting like a year or two later on how much I had lost. And I, I actually do think he regretted that comment. I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe he didn't even remember saying it, but, uh, but I do, I really do think that, um, you know, what people can say can traumatize you, especially at a really young age. And so, um, so I don't know, if somebody blatantly said something to you or, you know, this, the person that wrote this in could be one of those people that is inside her head. I'm guessing it's a woman inside her head thinking that other people are judging her when they're actually not. And Taylor Strucker talks about this a lot. That's what she's working through in therapy. Like when people look at her a certain way, her mind naturally goes to being defensive, to thinking they're making fun of her or making or she'll get in her head thinking that they're making a com or thinking about her weight and how much she's gained when really people are just very, very selfish. Most people are thinking about themselves. Uh, so I think that depending on what the actual situation was, it could really just be in your head. They could be thinking that you have a really cute outfit on. So that's another actual tactic I've learned. And it's really helped me. I used to think, I used to think everybody was thinking the most horrible things about me. And after a few times of being proven wrong, I ended up, I forget what book it was, but there was this book that talked about how you, you, you have just as great of a chance of being wrong about what you're thinking, other people are thinking about you, as you do of being right. So instead of making yourself miserable thinking that they're thinking horrible things about you, why don't you flip that in your head and think that they're saying amazing things about you? And it literally, it works. So like, if I feel judged, I'll be like, oh, they think I'm like so cool. They think I'm like so nice and so friendly, you know, and instead of thinking, oh, they think I'm a bitch. They think I'm antisocial. They think I'm, you know, it, just flip it and think, 
no, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. They probably want to be my friend. They probably are intimidated to talk to me. Why don't I go over and say hi to them and just be warm? And that honestly has been life-changing for me. And Taylor's actually starting to, to do that as well, which is great. Uh, then there were some fun questions like, what's your favorite fast food? Sammy picked McDonald's fries. I love McDonald's fries. Um, actually, you know what fries I love better? And I don't know if any of you have Smashburger in your vicinity, but Smashburger has much, much better French fries. They're seasoned with, I think, olive oil and parsley and garlic, and they're so crispy. They're way crispier than McDonald's fries, and OMG. Also, the best burger I've ever had in my life is from Smashburger. Now, I don't know if I don't know if it's actually considered fast food. I mean, maybe it is. If it, if that's if that's fast food, Smashburger is probably my number one. Followed closely by Popeyes. I love their Cajun shrimp. Oh, their seasoned fries, and then they also have these um these like beignets that are to die for. Oh, so good. Uh, if she had to pick a last meal, she picked pizza and birthday cake. Honestly, I might choose the same. <laughs> Those are two really good choices because it's salty and sweet. And I love birthday cake. There's this company. It was on Shark Tank. And uh, it's called Wicked Good Cupcakes. And they have this birthday cake one. Oh, my God. It's so good. My mother sent me some for my birthday and to die for. And then she was asked red, white, or white sauce on pasta. She chose red. I hate white sauce. I agree. Red sauce or pesto sauce, but red sauce probably. But it has to be a good red sauce. Uh, her sandwich. Okay, I loved how she, she was asked what her favorite sandwich is. And I loved how descriptive she was. So she chose a prosciutto and salami sandwich with mozzarella cheese, some small cherry tomatoes, some pesto. Um, I think she probably maybe something else on there, but then she, she wanted it grilled. So it was thin and crispy. Oh my God. So good. I'll never forget. So, so my grandma, so I'm from Maine. So my family, my dad's side of the family, my Italian side of the family, they would go hunting and, you know, sorry for any, if, if there are any vegetarians or vegans out there, you might want to turn this off, but they, uh, they would kill deer. They would cut up the meat. And I mean, my Nana had deer heads and other animals all over her house. And this is Maine. Uh, but she did use every part of the deer, which was good. And she would make the most delicious venison cutlets. I love venison. And she, these cutlets, she'd like, she'd coat them in egg and flour and Italian breadcrumbs and fry them. And then she'd make these homemade sausage rolls. And so we were out fishing one day and she brought out this sandwich. So it was like a venison cutlet sandwich in a sausage roll. And oh, now if, if now my tastes have changed over the years, I used to never like cheese. Um, and I also never used to like anything hot or spicy, but now I love hot and spicy. So when I was a kid, they used to take it those, those red hot peppers that were soaking in oil and they would put them all over everything. And I never understood that as a kid, but now, oh my God, if I could have that sandwich again and put those red hot peppers on them or maybe some pepperoncinis or, oh, so good. That would be probably my favorite sandwich. Um, I did have a really good fried chicken sandwich last night. Yum. I'm hungry. Let's see. 
And then she was asked what she has for breakfast. She said she very she has coffee or an athletic green sometimes, sometimes in half an English muffin with a lox or uh, slow cooked eggs if it's a weekend. I'm personally not a huge breakfast person, so that's why I make that really healthy shake in the morning. It just kind of gets sets me off really healthy when I I usually don't care about food. I I, I don't always wake up like I did this morning craving bad food. I typically don't want to eat that much in the morning, um, but but the shake really works. And then I did go, so I go to a lot of networking events and I went to this event the other day. And again, I usually don't eat a big breakfast, but this breakfast, they had served this egg like frittata type thing with this Italian cheese. And um, it had like little, like uh, not bruschetta, like, you know, that bruschetta tomato thing that they put on, it had some kind of topping like that, but it was eggs. And then it had bacon. Now, the bacon could have been crispier. Actually, my neighbor next to me was not eating their bacon. It was so crispy. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's rude if I asked for their bacon. But I didn't. I held myself I held myself back from t- taking food off their plate. Uh, but so – and then they had – and I, I never eat the pastries, but they were homemade pastries. They had a pumpkin scone with its icing on it. And they had this other like pecan apple fritter. I was like, okay, you had me at homemade pastry. And so I grabbed both of those and started eating those. I did come home and, and I went for a run after that. But oh, that was such a good breakfast. And then, okay, so the next question, most, let's see. Oh, her most, her favorite quality and the the quality about herself she loves the most and the quality about herself that she loves the least um, or that she's insecure about. So she's most insecure about her weight and she's most proud and most secure about her intelligence level. Um, I would have to say I'm most, I'm least insecure about hmm, my ability to God, what am I most insecure about? I'd probably say, I'd probably say like my under eyes. Like I have deep, deep bags under my eyes. I want to go see Dr. Kasabian and get the eye bright treatment. So I'm saving up for that. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably say that my legs, I, I'm, I try to cover up my legs mostly. I'm again, just like Taylor Strucker, that's where I carry most of my weight. It was funny because like I, I have a lot of like cellulite in my legs, which is fine. Like I'm happy I have two legs that carry me around and that are strong. Um, but it, I was like, I was like just thinking, I'm like, oh, I wonder if someday, because again, I'm like, someday I'm going to go to Dr. Kasabian and get all this stuff done. And I was thinking about, I wonder if like cool sculpting would work for that, but I doubt it. I, I always knew that cool sculpting was for just like those like those little parts of you. But then like literally I just had that thought and then I'm looking at Instagram and I see that, uh, what's that evangelista supermodel that had gotten that body sculpting contouring and it had that opposite effect. Have you guys heard about that? So that's, that's a warning to all of us as I sit here and talk about all this stuff I want to get done, you know, it's there's some scary stuff that can happen when you do those things. I was just listening to Heather McDonald about this surgeon, this plastic surgeon, Dr. Laguna out of Newport or something out of Orange County that's like butchering women. It's 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 honestly really scary. Um Dr. Kasabian is 
uh, like the celebrity one. He's very, very expensive, but I also think he's one that you can trust. Anyway, don't take my word for that. Do your research, but that's the scary thing is this woman seemed to have done her research. So it, it is scary. And that's, <clears throat> you know, the worst thing is like Tara Reed, right? Tara Reed spent all that money to give herself abs and get a boob job when she had it's like such a beautiful body. And you think about what she, the trauma that she went through getting a botched surgery when she already had a beautiful surgery, a beautiful body. Like, can you imagine, you know, the the mental strife that you would go through when you're so you're picking yourself apart. So you go and have something done and then it makes you look worse. And it's no, thank you. So I, that's, again, I'm very modest in my approach to surgery and fillers and all that stuff. So I I do believe in, in being able to fix something that you don't like about yourself, but you do have to be aware that there's a ton of risks. I and mean, look at Kanye West's mother that died on the operating table. It's crazy. Just I think she's trying to get liposuction. And he's still supportive of doing all kinds of work. So go figure. Uh, so let's see. How comfortable oh, – okay. Then she asked, what style can you not pull off? So, you know, and that's important. you got to know your body. And – Part of this whole body acceptance movie is just knowing how to dress your body. Like you can, no matter what weight you are, you can look really great if you know how to style yourself. And no matter how, no matter how thin you are, if you don't know how to dress your body, you can look awful. So I definitely know what flatters me. Uh, I can't wear, um, I can't wear like a boat top. I can't wear one of those crew necks. I can't wear cap sleeves. So there's certain things that I, I don't look good in shorts, like at a certain length. Um, so yeah. And she, and she, Sammy was very aware that, uh, she's not great with cutouts or those new, that new style that has all those strings all over it. So you got to know your body and, and the way you dress it, you can look flattering at any weight. How comfortable are you with um, – oh, with? so she's like focusing on her intuitive eating, her, accepting her new body and, and moving more and um, she's doing great with it. She said she's focusing on – you know, not focused on weight. She's focused on, on moving more and feeling better. She said that COVID really did her in with, you know, being very sedentary for so long. Um, the fear of it. And she said she's kind of still recovering from that, but that she she is proud that she's just getting out and just moving more and isn't so hyper-focused on having it be about weight or weight loss or calorie burning. And I think that that's great. I mean, I, you know, like I mentioned before, I put on about 20, 25 pounds over the the pandemic. Now, I I used to be able to lose weight very easily when I when I would eat the right things and exercise. It has gotten different since I've turned it's since gotten into my 40s. It definitely doesn't come off as fast or as easily. I was stuck for a while and plateauing and I did I, I I did finally have to accept my body at a higher weight, which was fine. Like I'm happy I'm happy with my healthy body. So I think that that's a good focus. I think just movement in general is a good thing to focus on uh, for the endorphin release, for muscle tone. You know, if you're if you're moving every day, no matter what your weight is, no matter how, you know, um, you know, if you have stress, you'll feel better. Uh, you'll sleep better. Your quality of life will be better. Anyway, 
should I confront the next question? The next question DST person wrote in was, should I confront friends on criticizing other people's bodies? Now, first of all, if you're around, if you're hanging around people that are mean about other people, you should try to maybe change your friend group. I, I don't, I don't like mean people. I just don't. I, you know, so there, I've, there's been people I've cut out just because I'm like, you know, if I find out that they're somebody that cheats, that's like a cheater, they cheat on their partner. And I'm like, eh, I just, I don't like to be around people that don't care about being loyal. Um, if there are people that are, now I, I think it's, I think there's a very different, there's a big difference between making a, an observation or a comment or even admiring or finding interesting versus being critical and mean. I think it's normal to talk about other people. I think it's normal uh, to, like, I think it's fun to people watch. I love checking out other people's styles. I love uh, looking at different people and how they carry themselves. It's just fun. But I I do think that if you're being mean-spirited, that's a whole different thing. And you might want to try to find better friends. Uh, I have a friend in my friend group. His name's Bob. He's he's a, he's a funny guy and he just has like verbal diarrhea and he'll just say what he'll like blur out like what's on his mind. And sometimes he offends people and I've and he's been called out on it. We'll, we'll be like, Bob, Bob, be nice, Bob, stop. And you know, and he's just like, what, what? I'm just making a comment. My dad used to be the worst. I mean, my dad certainly, you know, was not one to talk necessarily sometimes about his own weight, but he would, he would make rude comments about everybody. He would, I mean, he was old school Italian. He would make all kinds of offensive comments. And my sister and I would just be like, dad, stop, you know, and we'd shake our heads. So I had somebody over recently that was, was also making, you know, unkind comments. It didn't have to do with weight or anything, but I was like, I just said the opposite. He was, he was actually like making, he was being mean about this kid in our neighborhood that happens to be really friendly. I was like, oh, this cute kid, you know, but he, apparently this kid annoys him because he has a son his age and this kid's always coming around and annoying them. And so I guess he had a different perspective on it, but I was like, Oh, he's so nice, though. What do you mean? You know, so I was just trying to give that other perspective, but also trying not to like make my friend feel bad. So it is a fine line. Um, but I, I definitely Sammy was t- saying, like, don't partake, don't laugh, um, don't, uh, you know, don't join in and, 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 you know, but I think that, um, again, I think that that's good advice. But I also think, again, if you're if you're around mean spirited people, that can rub off on you. You know, I was with a, a guy that was very, very judgmental, and I did not want to be that way. I am a judgmental person. I I will admit it, and it's something I'm working on. He was making it worse in me, and I'm like, I got to get away from this guy, or I'm going to become somebody I don't want to be. So I, it, and you really are. You're what? What does they say? Like you're the sum of the people that you surround yourself with. And I've been very conscious about that, about surrounding myself with people that uplift me, that make me feel good about myself. Um, I just, I don't, I don't have enough time to waste on people that are taking away from me. Let's see. This one was a good one. This is right up my alley. How is weed, how is her weed journey doing with her intuitive eating? So she loves weed. 
Uh, she said that she wasn't smoking as much when she came back from her honeymoon, uh, but she could tell that she wasn't intuitively eating because she was getting the munchies and kind of overdoing it. So she was talking to her therapist about it and about maybe cutting back a little bit on her smoking. Uh, what I do is, so I wait till the end of the day to smoke, but I'll usually, what I'll do is, so so smoking's weird for me. So I'll smoke and I'll immediately lose my appetite for a while. And then I'll get ravenous like maybe 30, 45 minutes later. So I'll save my dinner for that time. So I'll actually, I won't, I won't eat. And I'll be, sometimes I'll be ravenous and my stomach's growling, but I'll, I'll smoke because I, smoking enhances. I actually, I don't smoke. I actually use a, a medical grade device to inhale vapor. But anyway, um, it's just a healthier way of doing it. But uh, but I, I do hold off on eating my dinner until after I get the munchies. It just makes my food taste better. And I'm saving that bigger meal for when I have the munchies. So then if I smoke again, then I, I might have like a piece of fruit as a dessert once I get the munchies again. So I actually plan my meals and my my regular snacks around my smoking habits. That way, it's not like I'm eating dinner, then eating another dinner. So it, that that actually helps me from uh, for, to, to, from stopping uh, gaining weight during my munchie season. Let's see. And then tips on how to accept her body at a higher weight. You know, she talked about how beauty standing beauty standards are arbitrary. They're subjective. You know, peep, and and it's true. You know, beauty standards are always evolving. It used to be beautiful to be voluptuous, and thinner people were, you know, because it was, you know, it was a sign of wealth. It was a sign of affluence to to have that you could could actually afford to feed yourself. Um, so, you know, Sammy talked about just you know understanding that there are these beauty standards out there that. There aren't meant for the the general population, right? Vo- models that are in magazines are not the expected look of of society, uh, and 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 to focus on looking at your body uh, naked to get comfortable with it. Um, that's that's a big part of what I do. Is just you know, anytime I'm criticizing my lower belly that has cellulite on it after the pandemic or, um, you know, my thighs that are jiggling when I run now and with cellulite, I just think as soon as that, because you can't stop that thought from coming in. It's very difficult to just, you can't stop those thoughts, right? But you can immediately think right after that thought, but they're so my but my legs are so strong and I'm so grateful I have two legs that carry me around and that allow me to work out. So I I, I do think that <clears throat> following with gratitude, being very very conscious and aware at all moments of your blessings, uh, that really does help. So, well, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed. You can write to us at the Diet Obsessed at Gmail. And that's the show for today. I wish you all a balanced week. <music>